Better listen very carefully. A good martial artist does not become tense, but ready. Essentially, at this point, the fight is over. So you pretty much flow with the goal. Who is worthy to be trusted with the secret to limitless power? I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Bulletproof for BJJ podcast. And we are on episode number three. Yep. Yes, indeed. I'm JT. Joey. And uh, today, my friends, we will be talking about pain as a symptom. Now, we're not going to get too sciencey on this in the sense that we want to actually uh, identify what could be causing you the problem. Because that's one of the drawbacks about training BJJ is, you know, suffering joint pain. I yeah. I think pain is, is kind of accepted within the jiu-jitsu community that it's just kind of part of the process. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think also the kind of pride of jiu-jitsu is embrace the grind, suffer, Kind Every, of everyday poor harder. Everyday poor harder. Suck it up. But the truth is, like, um, and and this is so common. Speaking with people on the mat, and uh, you know, related to jujitsu. Oh, my elbows hurt. My wrists. My, I can't. I can't. Put, I can't do a push up because my wrists are really tight. Oh, I've got tendonitis in my elbows. All these things. But these things, you know, obviously, you could if you get armbarred and you've got a torn ligament in your elbow, that as joint pain is slightly different. But if we're talking like tightness and joint restriction, which is more chronic, that's actually usually symptom of some other kind of a problem. That's right. Yeah. It's not necessarily the site where you feel pain that is the issue. Yes. So it, oftentimes, because being, you know, humans, we're pretty well trained. We've been conditioned. Oh, I've got a problem with my body. I go to the doctor. I, I don't think this is necessarily the way. I'm not saying, oh, don't go see a doctor if you're sick, but doctors tend to specialize in pathology, like disease, illness. They don't necessarily, not all doctors, you know, we're talking GPs, um, they don't necessarily specialize in physiology. That's why you, you, you need a physio. You, you need to talk to someone who understands anatomy, understands, you know, injury, and can actually give you a professional kind of feedback, another set of eyes to actually tell you what's going on. So you, you, Joe, have your own personal mechanic, your own physio consultant. Yep. And you're a, you're a professional. You know, you understand anatomy, but you also like to get a second opinion. Yeah, I think, um, you know, and I think like we, we have a good understanding of uh, on the surface level of how that stuff works. So for the, for the general person, we can tell them, hey, have you considered this? Have you tried this? Um, okay, maybe that's sore. All right, let's do a little bit of work around here. And so we have, you know, some kind of sort of uh, educated general view of it. Mm. Um, but for that next level of, of like, okay, I just want to know exactly what the issue is here. Um, I definitely have specialists that I go to. Specialists as in a physiotherapist, another guy who's an exercise physiologist, just people that I know who have proven themselves over the years to be good practitioners with a good understanding of the body and, most importantly, they understand the sport of jiu-jitsu. Yeah, I think that's, <clears throat> that's the common hurdle. You try and explain a jiu-jitsu scenario to a, a, just an everyday physiotherapist and they're like, you what? I was upside down, I had my foot here and my arm was here and this 120 kilo guy just sprawled on me. I felt my back pop, my knee snapped and I just, I don't know what to do. 
Yeah. You know? And they're like, what the fuck is that? What is wrong with you? I, Why? I mean, these, you know, these guys will even, uh, and, and I've encountered this, you would have encountered the same. I've encountered this so many times over the years. Um, but where, like, I'll go to a good, like, a, uh, who I consider to be, like, a pretty good specialist, someone who knows sport, they work with a lot of athletes, that kind of thing. And I'll even try to explain to them what I'm doing in the gym, like mm. what I'm doing in my strength and mobility training. And they just don't get it. Like, because they'll make a comment like, oh, so when you're on the exercise bike, uh, you want to try to, and I'm like, hang on, man. Like, there's no machines in my gym. Yeah. Like, I've never once used a piece of, you know, cardio equipment. Like, yeah. but, but so a statement like that just implies, okay, they really don't get it. They think yes. that when, I, when we talk about gym or strength training or mobility, that we're at like a big fitness first globo gym taking the standard 1990s fitness approach. Yeah. So, you know, and, and, and that's fine. You're not, it's, you don't have to expect everyone to know exactly what you do. But when you're talking about seeking advice from an individual who's there to advise you on the ins and outs of what you're experiencing and how to fix it, they kind of need to have a bit of context around what the fuck it is you actually do for training. Definitely, definitely. And, and I, the reason why I bring this up, uh, you know, I'm, I'm seeing Nick because I've got a I got a bad ankle right Shout now. Shout out to Nick. Shout out Nick. Uh, great guy, and he's also not going to be like just don't train. That's you know he knows he knows that I'm going to work around, and I'm the kind of person who tends to do too much. So he's like, look, you know, like here's what you should do. Like ideally, here's what you can do, and here's the kind of repercussions you can expect if you train too much right now, dude. Here's what you're going to get. That's like you're an adult. It's on you to make the right choice. And I already said to him, man, I'm the kind of guy who's going to do too much. And he's like, okay, well, let's, let's try and like, gear you down a little bit so your healing is sped up so you can come back to where you need to be. And we all need uh, the voice of reason. Sometimes it's to give you a little bit of a push because maybe you, you're just not going to do your rehab. And you need someone to kind of bust your chops a bit too. Because if you don't take care of it, it becomes chronic. And, and that's where long-term pain sets in. And, and the reason why I brought up this 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 idea about having a physio or basically having a body mechanic for you to consult is we're talking about pain. So sometimes really, not sometimes, I'd say it is very important to understand the exact nature of your discomfort or pain and working out is that structural damage? Like are my ligaments broken? Is my meniscus torn? Like if, if structurally everything is intact, okay, now what do we do? My elbow hurts. I, it's apparently okay, but my elbow hurts all the time. My wrists are really jacked. What do I do next? And uh, this is the kind of what I wanted to get into today because this is something we see all the time. And we deal with it ourselves. You know, I, I uh, did some bouldering on the weekend um, because it's what I like to do, hang out with other hipsters. I'm a covert hipster or not so covert. Um, Your hips and are too big to be a hipster. Yeah, true. I don't like people with leg muscles. No, definitely not. It's definitely, it's not a big leg game the hipster game um but yeah man I, I today i woke up this morning and i was like oh wrists are tight i just went to lean on the bench and i was like oh yeah gonna have to do some forearm work today there's gonna be some wrist prep but i i already know what i need to do but for some of you out there you might have no idea what you need to do do you ever find anything like this joe yeah i do um I think the, the common sort of thing that we do there is like, well, one, and, and we've, we've probably, we might have touched on this last episode, but one is that uh, this, like you woke up, place your hand down, you're like, oh, I feel something there, a bit of a sensation. Wrist is feeling a little bit jacked. Okay, I need to do something. 
for a lot of folks, they go through that same process. They put their hand down. They go, ah, my wrist hurts. Yes. I have a wrist problem. Yes. And then, you know, they go to the doctor or they even talk to their PT or whatever and they're like, uh, my wrist hurts. And then they're like, oh, you got a wrist problem. Let's investigate. Mm. Now, the, 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 the thing I'm pointing out there is that like the, the, the sensation that you feel is not necessarily pain. Yes. So it's important to understand first, all right, is it actually hurt? Is it actually pain? Mm. Uh, or is it just a bit sore and maybe a bit jacked and it's just going to need a little bit of like lubrication and a bit of uh, uh, maintenance or nourishment? And then you're like, oh, it feels good again, right? So I think it's really important, one, to know that, that difference. Um, but also, too, what you, know, what you pointed out there is that you had a, a, an issue here and so that already alerts you to, oh, I need to do some work around here. Forearms, yeah. So we're talking two different sites now. And yes. I think that the, the common medical approach, and this is another sort of reason why going to a doctor is generally not the greatest approach um, for biomechanical stuff, is because they will, you tell them your wrist is sore, they're like, well, let's look at your wrist. Mm. Whereas you go to a physio or you go to someone who has half an idea about working with the body, um, and they'll say, okay, your wrist is sore, let's look at what's happening upstream and downstream, downstream. of that. Exactly. Yeah, that's, what, what, are, what are you experiencing in other areas of the body? And that also leads me to a uh, slight discussion around um, instability and, and pain. Because sometimes if, if a joint is moving, to, it, like tightness is too little, right? We're not getting enough mobility. But then there's the other side of that where the joint is moving too much. And that is also an upstream, downstream thing. I'm going to relate this back to the knee. I actually learned this from Mark Buckley, who is a very high-level Czech practitioner and then started his own thing, FMA. And I learned this many years ago. And he was saying, look, when you look at the knee, most knee problems are not knee problems. They're ankle or hip problems. It's that upstream, downstream thing. So when you get somebody who's presenting with knee pain, say it's related to running, and they're like, oh, my ITB is jacking up. Um, you know, I've got this acute pain in the side of my knee. You can go back on that, look at their running gait and say, oh, their knee is collapsing in, their glute's not working, their hip flex is too tight, or, man, their Achilles is super jacked up, their ankle is not functioning properly, they go to squat, they get knee pain. It's not the knee's the symptom, the pain at the knee is the symptom of dysfunction in other places or lack of function in other places. So, and it's not to say, oh, we're being prescriptive here or this should you know, this advice or this discussion should take the role of professional advice from a physio. Always consult your medical practitioner. Yes, indeed, uh, provided they're not, yeah. you know. Make them a good one. Make them a good one. Don't, yeah, make sure they're not really fat and eating candy while they speak to you. Um, but, yeah, no, I think it's one of those things that it's, um, when, you, when you start to think about your body a bit more and you think, oh, my wrists are tight or they are you know, uncomfortable, that line between pain and discomfort, which we talked about last time. When was the last time you stretched your forearms? When was the last time, you know, you got the lacrosse ball in there and, and had to dig around and said, oh my goodness, whew, that's, that's, some, that's some serious discomfort right there. This is, a, this is a thing that we don't do. Like, if you don't play tennis, you do not have tennis elbow. <laughs> you know, you've been squeezing, you've got guillotine elbow, you're internally rotating and you're crushing as hard as you can, whether it's a foot lock, a guillotine, any of these things. As jiu-jitsu humans, we spend a lot of time in flexion. We're always flexing, getting tight. And we don't spend as much time in extension. And uh, I think that's where we kind of harken back to uh, doing things 
outside of jiu-jitsu that help remedy jiu-jitsu? Yeah, trying to restore balance. Mm. I mean, yeah, that's, you know, like the greatest example of that is what happens with, with say, the elbow. Uh, you look at what you do for the most part throughout the day. So let's say, like, let's, let's take you as an example. Um, JT trains a lot of jiu-jitsu, right? So no gi, it's a lot of this. In the gi, it's a lot of this, right? A lot of grip. So the, the hand, fingers, the wrist are in flexion, right? And gripping. So this is all becoming very strong. And then let's say you then go and spend half a day on the computer doing some work. You're typing, you're using the mouse, the trackpad, whatever. Again, your hand is in flexion, right? Mm. Um, you like rock climbing on the weekend. Sure. So then you go and you're climbing rocks, you're in flexion again. Like it's, it's all of this. Whereas uh, and there's no real work happening here in this mm. extended position, right? So you've got to think that when you're building huge amounts of tension through one move or through one uh, plane of motion, that you're kind of, um, you're, you're essentially ignoring all of the other aspect of yes. it. And if we look at it like muscles on one side, bicep, tricep, okay, uh, if I develop one of them to a huge degree and I don't develop the other one, mm. I'm going to end up with like a strength bias through the elbow joint, which is going to equal some kind of imbalance. Yes. So that one, that, that hand flexion thing is really relevant for all jiu-jitsu practitioners. As modern humans, we're all here, iPhones, computers, whatever. If you work on the tools, like if you're a tradesperson or if you're a craftsman or something, fuck, you're doubling down on that again. And then if you're adding in, um, if you're not adding in something that is stretching the palms out, opening up the fingers. Counter to that. Yeah, then, mm. then you really you are, you, you're just digging this hole of imbalance on a, on a sort of daily basis. Yeah. And that, we, we know that, like, you can look at any study of um, injury risk amongst athletes or even general population, and one of the greatest uh, precursors to injury is an imbalance. So yes. if you have muscular imbalance through the body, whether it's between left and right or it's between, like, flexion and extension muscles of a joint – you're opening yourself up to an injury risk. Definitely. And, um, yeah, I mean, on that, I guess the advantage I have over a regular human who has a professional job and does these kind of things, I live in the gym. You know, you I don't have professional jobs. <laughs> We're a T-shirt every day. Well, look at us. Shorts. My goodness. We don't even have shoes on. Well, I don't even, am I'm I even wearing us. shoes? Yeah. <laughs> you can't see on camera. Um, but it's like one of those things that, like, I have the opportunity to put in little increments of 10 minutes here, five minutes there. You know, a client's late to an appointment, oh, I'll get on the roller. I'll, I have time in the day to kind of intersperse little remedies that keep me going. Like a nice seasoning at the end of the, the dish that you've just prepared, you're sprinkling this mobility out throughout the day. Yeah, I, I like to think of it more like snacks. I'm big on snacks. <laughs> I have my mobility. Sprinkling the chicken wings yeah. on top of the bowl of pasta. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll always carry a Tupperware full of <laughs> chicken wings or bacon. No, um, it's one of those things that I understand that our, our everyday people who have kids, jobs, responsibilities – Oftentimes, the only moment they have is when they get to jiu-jitsu. That's right. That's their little window. Or when they get the chance to just get to the gym to do their bulletproof session, right? That's their moment for them. They don't necessarily factor in little five or ten minute grabs, which could remedy that discomfort in certain joints. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, you, you know something that I notice? Um, it's really funny to think like, and not to take you off that point, but... No, that's cool. Um, people living that life right like if you 
you know, so we're saying we get these little moments, couple minutes here, you know, like I can, I can even be kind of stretching now on the podcast and it's like not out of place, right? But I always think of the people who have to wear suits to work. Ugh. And it's like, imagine you're wearing like even just a shirt and a tie and you got so your shirt tucked in. Yeah, you, if you've got a shirt on, you're not doing this. Like no. you can't put your arm up on a doorway and just kind of stretch through the shoulder. Even if you're at the, like in the coffee room, yeah. and you're like, I'm just going to stretch a little bit while I'm catching up with JT. Yeah. You know, it's like you can't you can't because your fucking shirt won't let you. Like your yes. clothes won't let you. Yeah. Um, and Also, I, you don't want to show off your sweaty armpits. That's right. It's <laughs> fucked up. You know, you're in this air conditioning all day, sweating bullets because you've been eating, you know, whatever the fuck. But the... <laughs> But the, the, like, if you think about your environment, like, it, one, it makes me think we're very fortunate to be mostly in the gym for the day and, and on the mats and that kind of thing. But for a lot of people out there, if they're trying to kind of think, oh, well, what is, what is this message that the boys are talking about? What does this mean to me? You've got to think, like, what are the things that are getting in my way? And it's like, yes. well, you might be cooped up in an office all day. You might be wearing tight, restrictive footwear. You might be having to wear a suit. So... I don't want to fucking make it all grim. Like we don't want to make no. you feel depressed about that, but you got to understand that you have an obligation to make it work outside of that. Yes. Right. So whether you're doing some shit in the morning, yep. where it's a little five minute routine and then it's like a bulletproof warm up when you jump yep. on the mats. Definitely. Uh, like what other options have we got there? See, I, I worked in the Rialto towers. Um, shout out Lorenz Grollo. Um, who was good fr- who is a good friend of mine and I-, I worked with corporates for a good six plus years and factoring it in making it bite-sized is super key so you could have a lacrosse ball in your desk at work if you don't have a meeting or anything like that you could kick off shoes and i know that there's plenty of um, people out there ladies and men who walk to work so they've got their sneakers to be able to walk from the train or wherever and then they've got their business shoes having the shoes off and even just rolling out the arches of your feet at your desk. You don't even need to stand up, even though I would definitely encourage you to stand up. Um, if you want to see that drill, it's on our YouTube foot, ankle and mobi- uh, foot, ankle and knee mobility. Yes. That indeed. we posted. You can see a couple of really good drills for that. Yeah, definitely give that a look. Um, and then the, the flip side on that is, you know, many people will go out for coffee or people like to leave their office or their building to go for lunch. That's cool. That's a super healthy thing to do. If you have brought your lunch, you can buy yourself 10 minutes to just have a roller and potentially some, some pants if you're wearing suit pants or a, a dress or a skirt or something. Some pants that you could quickly change into to roll out your glutes and stretch your hip flexors. Be- because these are the- to balance you out from sitting all day. Yeah, and that's the thing. We, we probably don't factor it in. Even though jiu-jitsu is super intense, and we can be like, oh, man, I stuffed myself rolling. I would, go, I would go to the side of that and go, actually, the volume that you spend sitting is worse for your hip flexors than the time you spend rolling. Mm, good point. Even though, yes, of course, when you're rolling or you're playing guard, but we're getting a mixture of movements when we do that. Whereas you are not getting that variety when you're sitting in the car, sitting in the office, sitting in meetings. And even if you have a physical job, you are a tradesman, you are going to need that little bit more body maintenance. Yeah, because it's not like, and this is you know, an unfortunate truth, for those who do work physical jobs like tradies, you're not covering all of the bases. You, you, like every job requires specific movements done repeatedly throughout the day. So this is why it's common for um, like chippies or builders to hurt their back. Yes. Right? Because loading up in extension, losing strength through the front chain, lower back gets jacked. This happens all the time. So 
stretching the hip flexors becomes a responsibility. Doing a little bit of training around the, the abs becomes a responsibility. Keeping the glutes limber, keeping the glutes strong. Like, um, it, no one is immune, unfortunately, to suffering some kind of physical ramifications as a result of doing the job they do, whether it's physical or not. Yes. And I, I think this is the thing that we're going to kind of, we're going to get to now, which is how do we answer this problem? Like, it doesn't matter if you're more of a knowledge worker, office worker, you're working from home, you're sitting on the computer, or you're out there in the field, you're on a building site, you're doing a variety of things. You're doing jiu-jitsu, you're doing wrestling, you're doing whatever you do with your life. How do we now remedy this pain we're getting or discomfort? We're, we're getting tight joints, we're getting stiff joints. How do we do it? I personally believe, or the way I approach it, is because I already do jiu-jitsu twice a day, I lift, I do a bunch of things, small pieces across the day is what works for me. And you could even say, if you've only got one opportunity to train that day, say it's jiu-jitsu, it's the only session you've got, my advice would be try to stop one roll early or try and finish the class just a fraction early and then go do your mobility. Yeah, spot on. Yeah, I think if you if you are fortunate enough where you can put some stuff in throughout the day, that is ideal. But if you're not, then we have to acknowledge that time on the mats at the academy is the only real space you have. And so you then have to layer this bit of mobility work in into that session. Mm. And so it means, all right, there's five to 10 minutes before you start training and there's five to 10 minutes after. And if you don't already have that five to 10 minutes after – quit the last roll and get this shit done. Yeah. And it's so hard to do, but it's, it's the responsible choice um, for anyone that really wants to take this seriously and wants to stay in the game for, for life, right? Yes. And, and not be that person that's busted up and is forced to sit on the sidelines, um, you know, once they get to purple belt because they're just too beaten up. Yeah. Like it's the reality of it, right? Like you look at jiu-jitsu, the people that are still standing are the ones that have either just put up with injuries the longest or they've found some kind of way to manage the damage that's that's sustained training jits definitely and look you know injury is unavoidable it happens to us all but if you if you have systems that are better at maintaining you you'll be able to deal with them better it's it's just that simple like people who look after their cars we all know somebody who's not been very good at looking after their cars us no and then we also know that person who's a total car nerd and they're always checking the oil and they've got the right coolant. They know everything about their car and their cars look just phenomenal. We need to take this approach to our body. I mean, my father's actually, he's an engineer by trade and he can fix a car. I have none of his abilities in that way, but I look after my body a lot better than my dad looks after his body. So it's where you put your attention. But he just said to me the other day, he's like, oh, your engine light's coming on. You should probably just check the oil, check the coolant. Like just be proactive. In the same way, when you get pain in your hip, your body is giving you a bit of feedback like, hey, you're not bringing attention to this. And yeah, we can take the painkillers or we could just distract ourselves with something, but it could be just as simple as sitting down, loosening up your hip, and you stand back up, you're like, wow, that feels better. And it's honestly the smallest amount of attention. And I guess really what I, what I want all of you out there to do to come away from this is just take two to five minutes, just that. Whenever you can manage it, whether it's around your jiu-jitsu, um, you're at the gym, making that little bit of time to draw attention to the engine light that is coming on um, because it's so important because you don't want that little bit of pain to turn into surgery, 
six months off the mat, painkillers, and all the other nonsense. Well said. So, I mean, look, for yourself, Joe, having been through your process, being where you are now, and, 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 and having overcome so much, you're back on the mat, you're moving so well, what is your advice around the way you've approached yours? Look, I mean, for those that don't know, I had an ACL reconstruction 14 months ago. Um, you know, I, I ruptured at training jiu-jitsu. I, um, for me, my philosophy has always been do what you can off the mats to keep you prepared for it. Uh, consistent strength and mobility training. Um, I, I strongly believe that I probably dodged the bullet of my injury hundreds of times over my jiu-jitsu career. Yes. I can, I can look back at so many opportunities where I'm like, Something probably should have snapped there, but it didn't. Yes. So when it broke in training, I was like 13 years of jiu-jitsu, putting my body on the line, fucking not a huge price to pay in the scheme of things. Yes. So it hasn't really changed my perception, right? I'm like, no, I, I feel confident in that I've done everything that I, that I believe I need to do. Mm. Uh, I mean, you could always do more, right? Yes, but I'm like, no, course. I've been very consistent and I've, I've paid attention to the right areas and I'll continue to do that. And that's all I'm doing now. My, my, my training takes more of a focus towards the knee and getting it back to what it, what it was and even beyond. But um, really, my philosophy hasn't changed. Yeah. And look, if you're unsure what you need to do, say, say you have got some discomfort and you haven't necessarily got access to a physio or, or even a doctor, like you're, you're in isolation or you're wherever you're at. Um, guys, feel free to reach out to us. Um, you, you know, you can hit us up on Instagram at bulletproof for BJJ and you can always hit us up on, on Facebook. Please feel free to join our community, bulletproof for BJJ community and we're accessible. Um, we can obviously if it's internet advice, um, without being able to see where you're at, you know, we don't have MRI vision, you know, that'd be a great superpower in my opinion. Mm. Um, we <laughs> see through clothes. Yeah, amazing. Um, but I think that it's one of those things that um, at least if you say, hey, look, I haven't hurt myself, I haven't got an acute injury, but chronically this is always occurring, we can at least kind of suggest a path and say, hey, try this, come back. If you feel that you, that alleviates some of that discomfort, all right, and maybe we can look at a, a, a particular avenue in that way. Yeah, yeah, we've got good, simple advice that really, I mean, most of the issues that folks are dealing with are not major things, um, and they come down to just the, the main structures of the body not being mobile enough, not being strong enough. And so once we start to look at that from a global perspective, a lot of these individual little things go away. And so I think we're really good at that, and that's what our program does, is it helps people address the body on a global scale and really cleans up the majority of things that folks um, are dealing with. Definitely. So, yeah, guys, um, if you are interested in any more of that information, please feel free to uh, reach out to us. We are accessible, and we love to work with BJJ heads on these problems. Always. And you can get us on the website, bulletproofforbjj.com. Uh, our program's there, full strength and mobility, bunch of different options. Um, uh, chuck in the code bulletproof25. You'll get a 25% discount. There's a one-week free trial. It's epic. Give it a try. And uh, we'll hope to see you on the Facebook group. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks, bro.